It's time to wrap up another fantastic reading year. We're here to discuss our best and worst books we read this year. Hello and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Jesse for this staple end of the year episode. I honestly look forward to this episode every single year, but it's the hardest because you have to rank your favorite books and that's really difficult to do. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Jesse, and I have a YouTube channel called Reading with Jess. Over there, you can catch me doing some reading vlogs, hauls, and TBR videos. You can also find me on Instagram with the handle at readingwithjess underscore. Starting in January, I will have two tiers available on Patreon. There is a standard $5 tier, and now there will also be a $7 tier for anyone interested in extra fun events like exclusive readathons, exchanges, and an ongoing private video chat. So whether you're already a night owl or you're considering becoming one, I'm very excited about these changes so that I can offer you even more bookish content along with the standard things like monthly reading wrap-ups, movie nights, and reading sprints. Don't forget to enter into today's giveaway for the 12 days of Christmas episodes and giveaways. Make sure you're following at Talk Bookish Podcast on Instagram and leave a thoughtful comment on today's post. That automatically enters you into the giveaway. I'm giving away exclusive Talk Bookish to Me beanies, which you can see on Instagram, or a book from your wish list. So make sure you have your wish list linked in your Instagram bio. It's always interesting recording this with more than a week until the actual end of the year. So I thought I would ask, are there any books that you're rushing to finish before the clock strikes midnight? Well, it's funny that you asked this because this year I have really entered my romance era and with the month of December, I'm also trying to see, do I like Christmas romances? So I guess I'm trying to get to all of them, which is a little bit of pressure. Other than that, I'm not putting a lot of pressure on me as far as like my thrillers and other things like that. I already have what I'm planning to read going into the new year and then also my January TBR but I'm just having fun with it for the rest of the year. My one goal was The Sleep Solution by W. Chris Winters, MD. I started this one back in the spring and it's just been hanging out on my currently reading shelf since then, but I am happy to report I literally just finished this one up this afternoon, so no more pressing books, honestly. Of course, I have some I'd like to read, but the pressure is off. Um, as for the first book of the year, I'm debating between reading Verity or It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Every year I reread a favorite, so I start the new year reading something that I have loved before. Verity will be a buddy read with a friend and I want to reread It Ends With Us so that I can finally read It Starts With Us, which was Colleen Hoover's newest release this year. So now you have to tell me what your first read of the year is going to be. The book that I want to read going into the new year, which I would love to start on New Year's Eve, is The Rewind. I feel like this takes place during New Year, so I feel like it's the perfect book. So that's what I want to read. Now, before we jump into our list of favorites and our least favorites, let's talk some stats. How many books have you read so far this year? So as of right now, 106. My goal on Goodreads has always been 52 books, which I always pass. Um, I usually range right over 100. So this year I set my goal to 100 and I passed, which makes me really happy. So now I'm wondering, do I need to up my goal for next year? And so far this year, I have read 210 books, which is wild because it's definitely the most books I have ever read in a single year. So what about average rating? Do you know what your average star rating is? So based on Goodreads, 3.5, which I feel like is really good. And I feel like that's the highest it's ever been. And I can't really compare that to previous years because I deleted my Goodreads and then I came back. But three and a half is 
the highest it's ever been. That sounds pretty good, though. That means she had a pretty good reading year, I would think. Mine was very, very close to that at a 3.4, according to Goodreads. What genre did you read the most of? Not a surprise, but I mostly read mystery thrillers, but... I did try out two new genres. Like I mentioned before, I really wanted to try out romance. I'm pleased and shocked to report that I actually read 30 romances this year. And I tried out middle grade for a spooky middle grade readathon. I'm hoping to have more of an even number between thriller and romances, but I'm also wanting to see if there's any other genres that I like. Ooh, that's so exciting. I was worried you were going to get kind of a little burnt out of romance, but I'm so happy you haven't. Uh, for the genres that I read the most of, thrillers, obviously. Well, I shouldn't say obviously because like I was a little worried because I did like try some things out this year, but it makes me so happy. And if you combine mystery thrillers, like it wins by a landslide. The breakdown goes something like I read 40 thrillers, 34 mysteries, 31 horror it was just a couple years ago that I was like, I'm going to try horror and see if I like it. And here I am, 31 horror books in 2022. Um, I also read a lot of like comic graphic novels. I kind of just like pair them together, but I'm pretty sure the majority is graphic novels. 29 of those. I read 27 romance, which is less than you. <laughs> How crazy is that? And I thought it was interesting. I read zero classics and zero poetry this year. Not surprised about the classics, a little surprised about the poetry, to be honest. Did you reread any books this year? I reread three books in total this year. And it's funny because two of them are by the same author, which is Colleen Hoover, one of our favorites. Um, I read Reminders of Him in January, and then I reread it for February. But it was mostly for a book discussion that I was hosting in an online book club. But I also read reread Verity, which I do every year, basically. Uh, in 2022, it was my third time rereading Verity. And I also plan to reread it in 2023. But this year, I'm going to read the special edition with the bonus chapter. Um, and then the third book that I reread was I Know Who You Are by Alice Feeney. I had read it earlier in 2022. And then I reread it for my own online um, book club for my YouTube channel. So question about Verity, have you heard, are you nervous about the bonus chapter? I don't have a copy with the bonus chapter, so I'm just going to be reading like the normal standard thing that was published, but are you nervous about that bonus chapter? I am because it's one of my favorites by Colleen Hoover. And I mean, you've read it a lot. I know. So. If, if, clearly, if I reread it three times, <laughs> if that doesn't speak enough. But one of our really good friends, Summer, said she feels like the bonus chapter ruined the original story. Ah, that makes me so scared for you. I know. <laughs> like, but I do want to reread it. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you'll know. And then you can also, also form your own opinion. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I've learned this year. That's been form our motto. <laughs> It really, really has. So I actually reread four books this year. I reread Cruel Beautiful Worlds by Caroline Leavitt. It was my first read of the year, which is always a reread um, of a favorite book. So I reread that one. Still loved it just as much as the first time, if not more. Um, and then I also reread A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson because I read that and then like the other books in the trilogy came out, but I didn't get to them. So I went back and reread the first one so that I could finish up the trilogy. Um, I also unintentionally <laughs> reread Always Watching by Chevy Stevens, which I'm laughing because I had no recollection of this book at all like so we did this project where it was like me you and another one of our friends we were like hey let's try out Chevy Stevens and I did like a whole video of like trying a chapter of all Chevy Stevens books and we each picked one and we like vlogged our experience with it and I was like wow this is an author I'm like I've never read from before I'm really gonna love it so then I started going through her books in publication order and I went to go log this book 
book into Goodreads. And I was like, oh, I already read this book. So I reread it because I didn't remember anything about it. But there's that. <laughs> and then I also reread Heartstopper Volume 1 by Alice Osman when the show came out on Netflix earlier this year. By the way, great adaptation if you haven't seen it. Um, and I'll probably do that like as seasons come out as I'll reread them the season that they're doing, you know, to kind of stay with the story, but super cute. Um, what about DNFs? Do you track your DNFs? And if so, how many do you have? Um, I do track my DNFs on Goodreads as completed books, which I know some people may not like that, but that's just how I've always done it. Um, this year I DNF'd three books. I feel like I have started a few, but never recorded them on Goodreads because I didn't get that far into them to do that extra step of saying, hey, this is what I'm reading, but I'm not opposed to DNFing books. Obviously, I track my DNFs because people are like, oh my gosh, you, you DNF so much. And like, honestly, okay, let's go back to my stats. I read 210 books, actually 211 because I read that sleep book today. So, and I only DNFed 18 books. Like that is such a small percentage. Um, and I have a separate shelf. Like I have a DNF shelf on Goodreads. So I don't count them towards my completed goal. Um, everybody does it a little different, you know, but um, 18 DNF so far this year, I did make an entire video on my main YouTube channel discussing, I believe it was 17 of them. And on Patreon, I did an episode um, about the sh books I should have DNF'd, which was a lot of fun because I just got to bash on some books that I read the whole thing and I regretted the whole, my life decision. So that was a lot of fun. But now it's time for the ranking. Um, let's start with the worst books that we read this year. And by worst, I mean, it could be like lowest rated or even a book you had like really high hopes for, but you were ultimately let down by. Listeners, this is for fun. I truly believe there's no bad book. So just keep that in mind as we go through this list. And I had you guys submit your best and worst. So we will be going through that as well. And it's so interesting because, you know, we have different things on our list, but like, it's so funny, the submissions that I got from you guys, some people had a book in the worst and then that same book was in the favorites. So that just shows you that there's, you know, there's an audience for every single book. These just weren't the books for us. So, you know, we're not trying to bash them, but if you don't like this, just skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> um, so Jessie's going to do her worst first. She's going to start at number five, which is like, a bad book to her, and then she's gonna work up to number one, her absolute worst book that she read this year. Also, fun fact, four out of the five are the only one-star books I gave this year. So number five is a two-star book for me. Number five is The Fixer Upper by Lauren Forsyth, um, a woman with a knack for turning her boyfriend's lives around starts a professional service to help wrangle men only to be unexpectedly matched with an old flame. This one is mainly on my list because I went into this book after reading the synopsis expecting one thing and I got something completely different, like not even the same as the, as the synopsis. They did not match. Also, the love interest was so terrible to read, and I just did not feel any connection or chemistry in the story. So, ooh, that's no good. Yeah, when it's supposed to be a romance, and yes. you don't feel the chemistry. And you're like, mm. yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> and it was just, just don't read this, in my opinion. I knew you were so excited about this one mm -hmm. too because it reminded you of like some of your favorite rom com movies. Yeah, it was giving me like failure to launch with. Um, how to Lose a, a Guy in 10 Days, which are two of my favorite movies. And that's not what this book was about. <laughs> that's the opposite of what the all. book is about. Exactly. So yeah, not a favorite. Um, number four, The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager, yes. which I hate to put this on the list. Um, this one is about Casey, recently widowed, escapes to her family lake cabin in Vermont and enjoys passing time by watching her neighbors 
until she sees something horrible the night before her neighbor goes missing. Um, this is a book that Gwen and I discussed on the podcast during the summer, which I was so excited to read. Um, so make sure you go check out that episode because I personally think that's still my favorite episode that we've recorded it together. Was so fun. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that Riley Sager is an author that we both love. Love. So we were super anticipating mm-hmm. this book and we were so excited to like get on that episode and like rave about the book and we don't talk to each other and tell each other mm-hmm. how we feel prior to recording. So I was like, oh, what if she loved this book? Because I, I also did not like it. And we were like, okay, what's your star rating? (laughs) Like tiptoeing around. Like, and I feel so bad because you bought this book for me. Yeah, it was a present. (laughs) And it's on this podcast of the worst book I read. I'm so sorry. But I loved recording that episode with you. I think it's my favorite one that you've done this year. I think it's my favorite that you've done of us recording together because we've recorded quite a bit together. Um, it's one of my favorites. Um, it does pay me to put this on my list because I'm such a big fan of Riley Sager, but this is the only book I've rated less than a four star. I did not like the story in general. The plot twist, if you know my reading taste, is one plot twist I can't stand. Also, the audiobook. The audiobook is on a whole new level and it does not even deserve a single star. <laughs> we talked about all that in the episode. You guys, you have to go listen to that episode. It's actually, I, even though neither one of us liked the book, I thought it was a really good book discussion. So you have to go listen to that if you happen to have missed it. Yes. Um, number three, The Woods Are Always Watching by Stephanie Perkins. Two girls go backpacking in the woods, things go very wrong, and then their paths collide with a serial killer. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Sounds something I would love, but I didn't. Um, I kind of knew going into this one that I wasn't going to like it because it is young adult. Um, But this is one that is probably my least favorite YA books I've ever read. The characters are just so annoying and unlikable to the point where they just, if they survived, I honestly did not care, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I know the ages of the characters, but it was a little unbelievable with the lingo and terms that they used throughout the book. And it was just over the top and it was, it's just bad. So, Mm. yeah. Um, Number two, The Lucky Ones by Kirsten Modulin, which... She's another recent favorite author of mine. Um, In a race against time and murderers who remain faceless and nameless, the five must return to their old homes in order to piece together the events of their past. I feel like this one is weird to say, and I was talking to Gwen before recording, but this one read way too fast to the point where I just couldn't keep up at all. I love a good fast read, with thrillers but this one was just too fast i never got to know the basics of the characters so i couldn't remember them for later on throughout the story i was constantly trying to figure out who was who and then also trying to figure out what is happening it was just too much by the time i thought about dnfing the book it was over like poof done over i was like oh okay (laughs) um i have loved other books by this author But this one was just too much in a short amount of time that I could not give it more than one star. So Yeah. Her books are usually pretty short. They are. At least that's good. (laughs) You got through it quickly. Out of all the ones I've read by her, I think this is the shortest. But I didn't have a physical book. I had just the audio book. Oh, so that also made it harder for Mm -hmm. you to DNF it because you're like... Okay, I'm on a DNF now. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm on the last page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, and I mean, that's how wrapped up it was. I just like, oh, we're done. This is like what happened. And I was not going to reread that to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> you're like, nah, that's okay. Yeah. Um. So now it's time for your worst read of the year. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> what have you got? What was the worst book that you read this year? The, It's called Unmissing by Minka Kent. Um, When a woman gets a knock on her door from her husband's missing wife, her life is knocked off dangerously off balance with the truth. Um, 
I did not like this one. It's not really a book that I've seen a lot or heard from this author, so I'm not really that sad to put it at number one. Um, it's very predictable. Um, it had many plot holes that did not line up. Um, the ending was so unrealistic and unbelievable that I literally threw the library book across the room. <laughs> I said, get that out of here. Um, I think the one reason I did not DNF this book was because I was vlogging during my vacation and I was trying to get that content in. But honestly, I could have been reading a much better book. It also has that one trope that I don't like in thrillers. So it could just be a me thing, but it's not worth picking up. So Okay, question. Did you dent the wall when you threw the book? <laughs> No, but I did. Thank goodness. But I, Since it was a rental, right? Yeah, it was a rental. It was already in kind of bad shape. So I'm assuming okay. I was not the only one that threw the book. <laughs> so, oh, well, at least it was free. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So now it's time for me to share my worst books of the year. Number five, The Paul Bearers Club by Paul Tremblay. This is a chilling and twisty horror of toxic friendships, punk rock, and vampire parasites. So Paul Tremblay wrote The Cabin at the End of the World, and I am always searching for another book by him to give me those same feelings, and it just hasn't happened yet. The plot is too meandering for me, and it's just like one of those books that I don't fully understand, and you will see that as a theme in this list because if I don't understand, like, what is the point of me even reading it? So, yeah. And so since I'm so excited for the adaptation of The Cabin at the End of the World, like I am pumped, but I read several other books by him and they've all been like the worst books I've read that year, like Survivor Song. Ugh, that was terrible. And so I think I've just kind of uh, written this author off. Unless I hear like rave reviews from the bookish community, I'm not even going to get excited about it anymore. <laughs> But question. Um, yes. Could it possibly be a Night Owl movie watch in the future? Oh, yes. 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 Because <laughs> I really want to watch it. Me too. Yes. That's great. Ooh, that well, we're definitely going to have to look into that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Up next at number four is Cherish Farah by Bethany C. Morrow. This is the fraught friendship between two teenage girls and the unsettling secrets hidden within one of their families. First, I love the cover, so I'm so sad that I didn't enjoy this one. Um, secondly, I did not understand the writing, the analogies, the metaphors, and by the end of it, I was confused and I had no idea what actually happened. Even after Googling it, I don't think many people understood it. And so, yeah, that's why it's on this list. Another one I just didn't understand. <laughs> Coming in at number three, <laughs> A Cosmology of Monsters by Sean Hamill. This, okay, the synopsis sounds so good. It's a family-based horror novel about the running of a ghost house each Halloween and how the youngest child befriends a monster. I think that sounds so fun. Now, part one of the book was like really intriguing and the premise sounds like something that would be so cool, but somehow nothing happened and I was totally confused by the whole monster thing. So yeah, and I was actually buddy reading like the second half of the book because my friend is the one that said, oh my goodness, I'm reading this book. Have you ever heard about it? The writing is amazing. Um, and the audiobook was actually really good too. It had like spooky sounds throughout it. So I'm going to say, if you want to do it, not you personally, Jesse, because you would probably hate this book, but listeners, if you want to try this out, A Cosmology of Monsters by Sean Hamill, do the audiobook. Um, 
So that was like the one saving grace of this book. But so she started reading it, was telling me how amazing the writing was. I immediately picked it up, started reading it. She soft DNF'd it, which I did not know. So I'm reading it and she's like, oh, you're reading that book? And I'm like, yeah, you told me it was amazing. She goes, oh, I never finished it. So then she jumped on and we finished the rest of the book together. And she liked it more than I did. But our theories of what was happening was so interesting. Like we were coming up with bizarro things that was like so fun. And then we get at the end and I was like, can someone explain this book to me? I don't get it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was totally confused, but there are people out there that love this book. So, you know, subjective. Okay. Number two is a little bit different. It's The Girl Next Door by Jack Ketchum. This is about two teenage girls that are left in the care of their aunt and they suffer systematic and escalating abuse at the hands of their aunt and her children. It's loosely based on the 1965 murder of Sylvia Likens. Now the writing and the intrigue while reading this book was amazing, 10 out of 10, but it was so traumatizing to actually read the events that were taking place in great detail. This book affected me for weeks after reading it. And it's sad because like, did I like the book? Yes, it was amazing. But like the story was just like, I, I don't think I've ever been affected by a book like I was affected by this book. I mean, I just, just even writing it on this list, I was like, oh, should I even like put it on here and have to talk about it again? It was just a lot. But the writing and the way the author built up the story, it was just like master craft. But I definitely want to read other books by this author. But like, I think knowing it was a true story made it too hard for me to handle. So I don't know, just ooh, it gives me the heebie jeebies. <laughs> did you not um, rate that one? I did not rate that one. I couldn't because if I had to rate it, like, like I said, the intrigue and the like the actual words on the page, like the writing and the craft and like how he built the characters and the neighborhood and the house and the environment, like that was all amazing. But it was like, what was actually happening in the book? I was like, mm -mm, I can't rate this book. So I just was like unrated. And a lot of my friends that read horror and have read this book have left it unrated. It's like a big thing in the bookish community that people are like, this is extreme. This is extra. I mean, it goes in detail. So if you're not an extreme horror reader, steer clear because, I mean, it was worse than true crime books that I've read. So it was a lot. Um, okay. Number one, the worst book I read this year. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> Thank you. Lisey's Story by Stephen King. So in this one, Lisey's story is the story of Lisey Landon, the widow of a famous and wildly successful novelist, Scott Landon. The book tells two stories, Lisey's story in the present and the story of her dead husband's life as remembered by Lisey during the course of the novel. Have you ever read a 500 plus page novel and didn't understand a word of it? Well, that was my experience with Lisey's story. I literally cannot explain to you one thing that happens in this book. <laughs> I know the main character's name is Lisey. I know that her husband died, but that's literally all I know. <laughs> so as you can see, me being confused in this like horror genre, if you look at this list, all of these are horror. The Paul Bearers Club, horror. Cherish Shvera, horror. Cosmology of Monsters, horror, the girl next door, horror, Lisey's story, horror. So like, I try, I'm trying guys, I'm trying. Now, like I said earlier, I asked on Instagram at talkbookish podcast for you to share your best and worst reads of the year. And I'm going to share the results. It's a lot of books. I'm not going to tell you about them. I'm just going to list them, but they will be listed in the notes of today's episode, along with all of the books that Jesse and I are talking about as well. So worst list, here we go. Corrupt by Penelope Douglas. We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. 
One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searley, Insomnia by Sarah Pimborough, Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins, The Perfect Wife by J.P. Delaney, Tell Me Lies by Carola Lovering, Hide by Kirsten White was mentioned a couple of times, Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey, The Family Game by Katherine Stedman, Dear Wife by Kimberly Bell, The Haunting of Ashburn House by Darcy Coates, Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekulak, The Last House on Needless Street by Katriana Ward, My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing, Haven by Emma Donahue, The Bookshop of Second Chances by Jackie Frazier, This Might Hurt by Stephanie Warble, The Unofficial Harry Potter Vegan Cookbook, Extraordinary Plant-Based Meals Inspired by the Realm of Wizards and Witches by Ema Groshhaus and Taylor Starr. I'm probably butchering those names. Like I said, they'll be listed in the show notes. And The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. Quite a list. Quite a list. Because I'm like, some of my favorite books are on this list. Yeah. Some of those really hurt. Best list um, that you guys submitted your favorite books of the year. Hotel Nantucket by Eileen Hildebrand. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zivin. Big Chicas Don't Cry by Anita Chavez Macasis. I'm sorry, another name I'm probably butchering. Um, Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune. How High We Go in the Dark by Sequoia Natsu. How do you say that? Nag and Natsu. I think that's how you say it. The Push by Ashley Aldrain, which I'm so happy to see on the list. Um, the Lost Girls of Willowbrook by Eileen Marie Wiseman. The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich was on there a few times. Happy to see that pop up. The Dream Daughter by Diane Chamberlain. 56 Days by Katherine Ryan Howard. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover. The Arrangement by Kirsten Moglin. Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid, The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead, The Violence by Delia S. Dawson was mentioned a couple of times, Blood Sugar by Sasha Rothschild, The Change by Kristen Miller, We Spread by Ian Reid was mentioned a couple of times, Out There by Kate Folk. Jackal by Aaron E. Adams, Little Hope by Ethan Joella, Acts of Des- Desperation by Megan Nolan, Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney, and then this is what I was talking about. So someone had Hidden Pictures by Jason Rikulak on their worst. Someone had it as a favorite. So Hidden Pictures by Jason Rikulak, Five Year in Five Years by Rebecca Searley. Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover, The Girl He Used to Know by Tracy Garvis Graves, a whole series. It's The Chief Inspector Gamchi, a series by Louise Penny. The first book is Still Life, and there's 18 books in the series. So I guess they read the whole series. Um, The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth, The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery by Gabrielle Zivin, A Cross Country Christmas by Courtney Walsh, The Last House on Needless Street. That was one of the worst. It's also one of the best. Um, And Black Cake by Shermaine Wilkerson. So thank you to each and every one of you who sent in your submissions. I love reading through those lists. And like I said, I will have all of these books along with the ones that Jesse and I talk about listed in the notes of today's show. Now it's time for our favorite reads of the year, the best books of 2022, according to me and Jesse. <laughs> um, this this um, part, we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to kind of go back and forth to build up the suspense. So again, we'll start at number five. Jesse will share, then I will share, and we'll work up to our favorite books of the year. So why don't you start us off with your number five favorite book? 
At number five, it is The Simple Wild by K.A. Tucker. Uh, this one is about city girl Calla Fletcher attempts to reconnect with her estranged father and unwittingly finds herself torn between her desire to return to the bustle of Toronto and a budding relationship with a rugged Alaskan pilot. Yes, please. <laughs> um, this is one I actually read while I was visiting Gwen on my way there and back, which love that. Um, I have seen this book, I think, since I started getting back into reading, getting into Bookstagram, YouTube, and I've put it off for years, but I'm so happy I finally read it. My biggest thing with this book is it's not all about romance. Cal is trying to reconnect with her father and I connected so much with her, so much with the story and I loved it because I connected so much on a personal level with my own father. So I just loved feeling very similar to her. Um, I also loved this book so much that while I was in the middle of reading it, I went out and bought the rest of the books of the series and I'm so excited to read them in 2023. I'm just late to the party, but I'm I'm here to party with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so this is, I'm a little sad that this came in at number five, but I had some really good books. But number five, my number five best is Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Uh, this is an epic adventure about a female athlete, perhaps past her prime, brought back to the tennis court for one last grand slam. Taylor Jenkins Reid is my favorite author. I love her writing. I love her characters. And she has never disappointed me. When I saw the synopsis of this one, I was apprehensive. But somehow Reid got me to care about Carrie Soto and her dad so much that I sobbed. I had no idea that I would become so invested in a tennis-focused story. But I did. And I just, I need to know. She's never going to let me down. Like literally all of her books, except for one, have been five stars. So all of her traditionally published books have been five stars for me, except for her short story, Audible Original, um, which I gave four stars to. And it was just too short. I just wanted more. But like literally sobbed, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised at all that that made your top five because it's Taylor Jenkins Reid. Exactly. <laughs> um, number four for me, which honestly, number five and number four kept switching places, but I'm set with this ranking, um, is Book Lovers by Emily Henry, an anti-trope rom-com about two people working in the publishing industry, their rivalry and unlikely friendship when they find themselves spending time in a small town. I loved this one for several reasons. I loved the romance. I loved the banter between Nora and Charlie. Like, I feel like they're just the cutest couple ever. Um, I felt like they had great chemistry. I loved seeing their relationship slowly blossom. Um, this also, this book also made me realize, I think in romances, I love small towns. I don't know what it is. I just love it. Um, but also, again, another reason why I loved it, it's not all about the romance because this had a great sister relationship dynamic. And also, there's a bookstore involved. Like, how perfect is that? Um, it was just precious and I loved it. And it's my favorite romance by Emily Henry. Okay, can we just take a moment? Who thought they would ever see the day that like Jessie's saying romance books are her favorites of the year? <laughs> I know. It makes, me, it makes me so happy. It's shocking, to be honest. All right. Number four is a book that when I told you what my number four was, you were like, you read that this year? The Perfect Child by Lucinda Berry, which Jesse is the one that put this book on my radar, this author on my radar. Um, this book follows a young couple who is desperate to have a child of their own and the unsettling consequences of getting exactly what they always wanted. Um, I discovered Lucinda Berry this year and I'm so happy that there is actually going to be an entire episode coming very soon about her and all of her books. Um, there's just something 
something like special about the way that she blends her background experience as a clinical psychologist and researcher of childhood trauma into these fictionalized story that feels so real. Um, they blur the lines between fiction and nonfiction, and I can't wait to read more of her books in 2023. So happy you read that. It's me too like oh it's creepy guys it's out there it's dark but like so good mm -hmm. number three is the friend zone by abby jimenez kristen peterson is keeping a big secret she needs a medical procedure that could make it impossible for her to have children but she's also having to fight her feelings for the perfect guy who wants a big family this one touched my heart as someone who also can't have children I loved having that representation in a romance book. I personally have struggled with finding love, but I have found the one y'all. So don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but also I have also felt that I had to keep that a secret as well. And it's just not fun. Um, I loved the romance between Kristen and Josh. And this book was just the right amount of spice for me. Um, I was literally rooting from the, for the couple from page one. And I feel like everyone should read this book or something by this author. So happy that you loved this because this is the series where Abby Jimenez came into like my orbit. Um, I heard about her, but no one was like really enjoying this book. And I just don't think it was finding its audience right away. But I'm so happy that you read this, you loved it, and then you bought me I a did. copy. I'm so, so I'm wait. definitely going to be reading this in 2023. I'm so excited. And I got the other books for Christmas from one of the Night Owls, Marisol. So I can just binge the whole trilogy. I'm so excited. And is there going to be a fourth book in this series or is it a new series? So her other series, Part of Her World, um, there is a second book coming out for that one in 2023. So I think okay, this is just the end of the series. Okay, good. Okay, so I can binge it, be done. But Love that. <laughs> it does have connections. Like they... I think it's like the same world or universe. So oh, there's mentions of both series. Medical procedure. This is kind of like, it's making me think. Okay, I see where this is going. Okay, so my number three book. Guys, I always talk about like, it's so hard choosing favorites if you read something good at the end of the year, because like, are you going to put it over favorites you had at the beginning of the year? The answer is yes, because <laughs> I just read A Cross Country Christmas by Courtney Walsh like a week ago. And y'all, it's my number three book of my favorites. In this one, Lauren's brother and his wife are expecting a baby, so her brother arranges a ride home for her with his good friend, Will. The only problem is she's been trying to forget her childhood crush, Will Sinclair, for more than 10 years. Now, thanks to her fear of flying, she's stuck in a car with him from California to Illinois. Jessie's currently reading this and I'm dying, you guys, to hear her final thoughts. I am. I'm halfway through and I... Honestly, it's it's getting up there. <laughs> um, it's just crazy because like, like I said, I only read this a week ago, but it is the perfect rom-com. It has so many fun romance tropes, enemies to lovers, forks, forced proximity, childhood friends to lovers, brother's best friend, grumpy sunshine, and the banter between these two is top notch. If you like Emily Henry's banter, you are going to love the banter in this one. I also love road trip books and it was Christmassy without being like too over the top Christmassy. So A Cross Country Christmas by Courtney Walsh. If you haven't picked it up, it's available on I think it's available on Kindle Unlimited. I'm not 100% sure. Yes, it is? It is. Okay, good. So you guys go get it. Read it before the year is out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm really enjoying it. The banter is top notch. Go check it out. <laughs> um, so for my number two, which this book has already been mentioned because it was on the worst and best <laughs> list that Gwen had went over submitted by y'all. Um, but it's Hidden Pictures by Jason Ruckulak. 
Um, I believe that's how you say his last name. So um, this is a creepy and heartwarming mystery about a woman working as a nanny for a young boy with strange and disturbing secrets. I believe this is a perfect book for Riley Sager or for fans of Riley Sager because I feel like the writing style is so similar. Um, fun fact, I was told by someone that the writing style was very similar to Stephen King. Absolutely not. It's more Riley Sager and I love it. It's so easy to read and it's so good. Um, I loved how this one was very bingeable and I loved all the different elements this one brought. First of all, it has pictures and the pictures mirror the amount of suspense and creepiness in the story. It also made me question if it was paranormal or if it was someone else in the story that was causing everything. Uh, the plot twist caught me off guard, which is very shocking for me. Um, and it wasn't really something I see a lot in books. Um, I believe this is marketed on Goodreads as horror, but I think it's more on the thriller side. So possibly a good beginner book for someone who's looking to dive into the horror genre. Yeah, you make a good point about that one. The pictures definitely elevated that story. I will agree with you. All right. So my number two book is a book I read so early on in 2022. And I've been talking about it nonstop, you guys. So if you haven't read this one, I'm sad. American Kingpin, The Epic Hunt for the Criminal Mastermind Behind the Silk Road by Nick Bilton. The title says it all. It's the unbelievable story of the man who built a billion billion, billion dollar online drug empire from his bedroom and almost got away with it. I am obsessed with this book, you guys. Obsessed, obsessed. Like Googling, reading news articles, watching the adaptation, obsessed. This was fascinating to me. I had never heard of The Silk Road or Ross Ulbrich prior to reading this book, but man, oh man, was I hooked. Drawing on exclusive access to key players and two billion digital words and images that Ross left behind, Vanity Fair correspondent and New York Times bestselling author Nick Bilton offers a tale filled with twists and turns, lucky breaks, unbelievable close calls, it's a story of a boy's next door's ambition gone criminal, spurred on by the clash between the new world of libertarian-leaning anonymous decentralized web advocates and the old world of government control, order, and the rule of law. Filled with unforgettable characters and capped by an astonishing climax, if you don't read nonfiction but you enjoy thrillers, then you must read this one, y'all. It is so good. I think this is like the most high stakes like thriller. I was like rooting for people I shouldn't have been rooting for and like learning all kind of crazy things. Like, oh, so good, you guys. So good. Ah, okay, so now we are on to our favorite book of the year. Jesse, are you ready? Part, Part of, of Your, your world, world by, by Abby, Abby Jimenez. Jimenez. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually Jesse and I's both. We both had that mm -hmm. as our favorite book of the year. Yes. Oh, okay, Jesse, tell me why you love. Well, let's tell them a little bit about it. Go ahead. Part of your world. It is a big shot doctor from the city meets a small town countryman, two individuals who don't seem like they're meant to be, but they give it a try. Are all of So you only had the one like thriller horror and all the other ones were romance. I know. It's shocking. Because <laughs> you're like known as like a thriller reader. Yes. Oh my what goodness, what have I done? <laughs> You've changed me. <sighs> so what made you love this book so much? This book is my favorite for multiple reasons. First of all, thank you, Gwen, for introducing this book to me. Gwen is the reason why I picked this book up, and I feel like it's the reason why I have entered my romance era. 
This book gave me all the warm and fuzzy feelings. I loved watching Daniel and Alexis try to make their relationship work. I loved the struggles they both face in their own individual lives outside of the romance. Um, again, small town setting, an unofficial favorite of mine, apparently. <laughs> um, the family struggles and even the horrible, horrible ex that just kept popping up. This book felt very real and raw and everything I look forward to a romance. This is my this was my first book by this author and since reading it I have read everything she has written including the sequel of that is the sequel to the series which comes out in April of 2023. Thank you for the advanced copy. Um, but it's called Yours Truly. Also, it has baby goats. Enough oh. said. So yes, I love this book too. Favorite book. Um, so after a wild bet, gourmet grilled cheese sandwich and cuddling with a baby goat, Alexis Montgomery has had her world turned upside down. The cause, Daniel Grant, a ridiculously hot carpenter who's 10 years younger than her and as casual as they come, the complete opposite of sophisticated city girl Alexis. And yet their chemistry is undeniable. Another excellent example of a perfect rom-com. It had romance. It had comedy. It had heart and depth beyond the romance. While her ultra-wealthy parents want her to carry on the family legacy of world-renowned surgeons, Alexis doesn't need the glory or fame. She's fine being a mere ER doctor, and every minute she spends with Daniel in the tight-knit town where he lives, she's discovering just what's really important. Yet letting their relationship become anything more than a short-term fling would mean turning her back on her family and giving up the opportunity to help thousands of people. It made me laugh out loud. It also made me cry. It had me grinning ear to ear. It brings to light some very real themes such as a family's expectations and the impact that it can have on someone as well as themes of abuse, both like physical and mental. And those topics really like rounded out the romance for readers who are looking for a bit more depth in their romance stories. And I think that's why I recommended it to you because I do like just like super cheesy Hallmark romance. And I don't think you're into that. You've never been into that. So when I came across this one and I read it, I was like, wow, it has those hallmarks of those cheesy like romances, but it has the depth too. And I was like, I think this is one that I can recommend to her and see. And then like, I just put you in a rabbit hole of romance this year. What have you done to me? <laughs> so there you have it, folks. The best and worst books of the year. Check back in with us tomorrow because we'll be right here awarding the 2022 Bookish Superlatives Right now, it's time for me to grab a mug of eggnog and jump back into my book. Don't forget to head over to Instagram and leave your thoughtful comment to be automatically entered into today's giveaway. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing new book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify also, the link for Patreon is in the show notes, along with the links for Jesse's social media. Until next time, happy reading. 